Hi, Cheating Faith Center. This is the Omits. We miss you and can't wait to see you again soon. Bye. Stay home. Stay we healthy. Miss you. We miss you. Can't wait to see you. Stay safe. Stay safe. Hi, CFC family. This is Linda. Just want to say hi and that I miss y'all. Stay safe. Hi, Cheating Faith Center. It's Whitney. And I just wanted to send a little message saying that I miss everybody. I came back to Walla Walla, so when the pandemic is over, I will be looking forward to seeing everybody in the fall. I hope you've been doing well. I'll see you soon. Hey, Cheney Faith Center, this is the Kennedys. We miss worshiping with all of you, and we hope we get to do it with you again soon. We also pray that you are all safe and healthy. Oh, one more thing. Go, Go Hawks! Instead of pain, 
There's freedom though you captured me I've got joy instead of mourning You give me joy Down deep in my soul Down deep in my soul Down deep in my soul me joy down deep in my soul down deep in my soul down deep in my soul you give me joy down deep in my soul down deep in my soul down deep in my soul I've never been so free never been so free who caught in your love for me Never been more secure knowing your heart, Lord. Never been so free or caught in your love for me. Never been more secure knowing that you give me joy. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. You give me joy. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, I've never been so free, never been so free, or caught in your love for me, never been more secure, knowing your heart, Lord, never been so free, or caught in your love for me, never been more secure, knowing your heart, Lord. Never been so free or caught in your love for me. I've never been more secure knowing your heart. No. Never been so free or caught in your love for me. Never been more secure knowing that you give me joy down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul, you give me joy. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, you give me joy. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. Last time you give me joy. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, you give me joy.
his righteousness alone and faultless stand before the throne and faultless stand before See 
I will bow down before you, only you, Lord, and I will worship you, Lord, only you, Lord, and I will, I will bow down before you, only Hello, Cheney Faith Center family. It is Pastor Cooper here, and welcome to Church Online. 
Um, hopefully you've already had a great time worshiping with Chad Hogan earlier. And um, also in a little bit, we have a great message from Pastor Mark in our Grace and Peace series, which is based in 1 Peter. He's gonna be in chapter three. And there's gonna be some great things that are gonna challenge us, encourage us, um, and I think will directly apply to us during this COVID-19 um, pandemic that we're all in. And speaking of, um, since we're staying home and staying healthy, just a reminder that most of our connections are gonna be happening online. So through Instagram and through Facebook. And so if you have social media accounts, um, like us, friend us, follow us, and um, also engage with those, with those different things. And so I'm gonna put up a quick graphic that just kind of shows what we do throughout the week for prayer times, um, some live worship times, uh, for our ZBS Zoom Bible School, for Faith Kids, and on Mondays, just a weird wacky time that I kind of host and it's kind of fun. So Monday fun days is around noon. And so if you want to just have a break in your day for some live fun, um, that's also happening there. As well as our other ministries like Faith Kids and Amp Youth also have their Instagram accounts going for different resourcing and encouragement for young kids, um, parents, but also for middle school and high school students as well. Well, during COVID-19, we have our CFC acronym. So we're gonna be creatively connecting, um, we're gonna have faith ownership, and we're also gonna contend in prayer. As a reminder, on our website at cheneyfaithcenter.org, we have our prayer request form. You can go there to submit a prayer request that our prayer team and our staff will be praying over weekly. And let me, let me just say, so far we've seen God do miracles in the prayer requests that have been submitted. And God is doing things during this season. And um, sometimes we might not be hearing it or seeing it. Let me just tell you, and we're gonna start sharing stories more often, but God is doing stuff and God is working miracles in and throughout our community and through our nation. And that's because we are contending in prayer. So keep praying, keep believing for change and keep believing that God is working in this time. Amen, amen. Oh, um, also, I wanted just to extend a huge, huge thank you on behalf of our church leadership. Um, we have seen great financial generosity during this time of COVID-19, and we understand this is a hard time. There's a lot of uncertainty when it comes to the economics of what's going on, but we are being very, very blessed, and that's allowing us to be a big, big blessing to our community. But we also wanted to extend an invitation um, to continue to partner with us in our mission to impact our community, but to also help people know Jesus and to live for Him daily. So I wanna share three ways that you can continue to partner with us in a financial sense as we um, are blessed to be a blessing for our community here in Cheney. So here are three ways. The first being giving online. It is safe, secure, and it's located at cheneyfaithcenter.org. Here you can also set up one-time donations or reoccurring donations through either a credit or debit card or an ACH transfer from your bank. Another option is by physically mailing in your cash or check donation. You can mail that to 300 North 2nd Street, Cheney, Washington, 99004. And third, our newest option is Text2Give. Text2Give is a safe, easy, and convenient way for you and your family to give of your finances. By simply texting any dollar amount to 84321, you will be linked to a secure portal to set up your Text2Give account. Give a one-time donation by simply putting in debit or credit card, or you can actually log into your existing online giving profile. Once you have this set up, the next time you text a dollar amount to 84321, it'll be taken out automatically through the bank account or the card that you entered. But don't worry, 
After any donation, an automatic message is sent back to make sure that you have made this donation and you can reply simply with the word refund if you either messed up on something or maybe your kid got a hold of your phone and put in a million dollars. So again, our three ways are to give online at cheneyfaithcenter.org, to mail in cash or check, or to now text to give by texting any dollar amount to 84321. Well, we again have been so blessed by everyone's generous hearts and we want to just continue to encourage you to be a blessing through our church um, with your finances as you worship God with your finances. Well, um, right now, Pastor Kate's actually going to just share a quick vision um, for a great opportunity and event coming up for the women of our church. Take it away, Pastor Kate. Hi ladies, it probably wouldn't surprise you to hear that both domestic violence and abortion is on the rise in Spokane County during this pandemic. I want to invite you to an event this Friday night, May 1st, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time on Facebook Live. We are calling this event Women for Women. COVID-19 and its effect on crisis pregnancy and domestic violence, a call to action. At this event, I've invited Glendy Loringer, Director of Life Services, to come and share with us. She is going to bring awareness and she is also going to tell us how we can support our community with these issues during this time. I invite you to share this on social media, help us get the word out. This is an important conversation that we all wanna be a part of. I look forward to seeing you Friday night. In addition to Glendy sharing, we are also going to have some worship. And then we are also going to take some time to pray over these issues because we believe in the power of prayer. Prayer combined with us putting faith into action is a powerful combination. See you Friday night. Wow, that sounds like a great event, and hopefully um, you can join up with them and be a part of that and hear from Glendy Loringer and just the heart that, uh, behind of what they're doing there at Life Services. Well, right now, we're going to transition into our message time with Pastor Mark, and he is on his back deck. He's wearing his uh, 49ers gear. It's going to be a great message. Get ready. Well, hello, Teeny Face Center. I'm coming to you from my backyard this afternoon. It's a great and beautiful day. And I just wanted to share the word with you in this context today. I know that all of us are kind of struggling just being inside. And I thought, hey, if we're outside and even looking at me outside, that would be great. I also, also wore one of my favorite hats for you. I was thinking as I pulled this hat out of the closet and you know, just got it, got it ready to wear. Eh that uh, you know for like 15 years I've preached the word at Cheney Faith Center and in the fall I have to look at all of you wearing Seahawks jerseys and Cowboy jerseys and Saints and Vikings and all these other teams and I have to look at you the entire time I'm preaching and it's kind of like it's kind of challenging sometimes and so I thought hey we could flip it around and this time you can watch me the whole time with with my stuff on so that's been great well i hope you're doing well this quarantine is uh 
a bit of a challenge for us, but very needed. It's important for us to be safe and healthy and uh, to be able to just nip this in the bud and, and uh, get it over with. And so I'm recognizing that life is just really different right now during this quarantine. And all of us are experiencing life in whole new ways. The schedule of our life is totally different. What we're able to enjoy is different. Uh, our lives are experiencing a lot of change right now, not to mention the isolation that is creating all kinds of problems. Many of us uh, due to that are, are anxious and maybe even feeling a little depressed and just dealing with some, some mental health issues. And all of these things are happening. And I was thinking as we're going through First Peter that what we're experiencing is much like what the first century Christians were facing. See, when somebody became a Christian in the first century, everything changed in their life. Relationships changed, the structure of the li their life changed, the schedule of their life changed. They became isolated from family and friends that didn't like their decision to believe in Jesus, and so they kind of ostracized them from family and those relationships as well. At the same time, they're trying in a new way to connect to this group of people called the church. And that's what we're doing. We're trying to creatively connect in whole new ways as the local church. This is also why Peter wrote his letter to the church. He realized that the people who were choosing Jesus as their savior were experiencing life in a whole new way. The culture was telling them to ditch Jesus and live their way. But they had experienced a real encounter with the living God. And now they were learning to live life a different way. And the Holy Spirit was encouraging them to live for Jesus. Same is true for us. We're trying to obey the Holy Spirit and live for Jesus in a whole new way during this season of life. We're trying to creatively connect with one another. We're trying to own our faith in a whole new way when we can't meet with people face to face and interact with people. We're, we're trying to contend in prayer for what God has for us in this challenging time. Now Peter opens his letter to the church with these very important words. Peace and grace be yours in abundance. Now, a God who would give you grace and peace and empower you to give grace and peace to the world around you was a totally foreign religious concept. That is totally new. The, the mythological gods of the Greeks and the Romans were harsh, gods that if you didn't do what they wanted, they would squash you and destroy you. And so this idea that the God that you're now serving is full of grace and peace and wants to apportion that to your life, this is a totally new concept. Now the idea of grace and peace is also a, a major core value of the New Testament church and of the first century church. This phrase is used to begin 17 books of the New Testament, more than half. More than half of the letters to churches all over 
that area of the Middle East and Israel and up into the north into modern day Turkey and Rome and those areas of the world. All these letters to the churches started with this phrase, grace and peace to you. This is a powerful understanding of what people grasped when they came to believe in Jesus Christ. And Peter's gonna give all kinds of instructions about how we live our lives for Jesus. And almost all of this instruction and this encouragement can find its root as we live in the grace and peace of Christ. Now we've been studying chapter three this week. Hopefully you've been studying 1 Peter chapter three and you've been reading some cool stuff in the YouVersion Bible app and doing some things with a life team or, or Zoom connection. And I wanted to show you something that I really found interesting in chapter three. And I just wanna talk about it for a moment while you're watching. I'm gonna to go to 1 Peter chapter three, verse 18, and then I'm gonna to jump to uh, the end of verse 21 and read verse 22 as well. Here's what Peter said. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. Now, Peter, Peter makes a statement about Jesus that is helpful for you and I as we're trying to understand why and how we would live in the grace and peace of Jesus. Peter says angels, authorities, and powers are in submission to him. They're in submission to Jesus. See, the truth the New Testament declares over and over and over again is that Jesus is the ultimate authority in the universe and everything is in submission to him. But you and I, we get to choose. Since we're created in the image of God, we get to choose whether I'm gonna to submit to Christ or not. Now you're probably wondering, how does this relate to grace and peace? Well, let me explain. When we live in the submission to Jesus' authority, we get to experience his grace and peace every day. In every situation life brings, in all our relationships, in the middle of suffering, in the middle of a pandemic that's global and local at the same time, in the middle of everything that life throws at us, we can have the grace and peace of Jesus. See, submission is interesting. It's, it's not a popular idea or concept today. I was thinking if I gave a 17 minute TED talk about submission, it would probably be the least watched talk ever. As I look around the world today, and you probably have seen this too, it's becoming more and more apparent that we really don't like to submit to authority. 
we like to do what we want, when we want, how we want, and we don't really want anyone to tell us we can't. We're becoming more and more narcissistic every day. And one of the things that is a byproduct of that is authority is being undermined all the time. So why should we submit our lives to Jesus? Well, Peter offers a couple reasons from the verses we just read about why we might want, we might choose to submit to Jesus. Here's the first one. He suffered for our sin. Jesus suffered for our mistakes, for our failures, for all the times that we did something or said something or acted in a way that didn't honor the Lord. Jesus suffered for that on the cross. Now there's a general principle that most of us understand, and it goes something like this. No one should suffer for my mistakes. I should be responsible for my mistakes. I should pay the penalty for my actions. Someone else shouldn't pay for me. Let me tell you a story. It's a true story about a young man named Justin. Justin had served two tours in the army, one in Iraq and one in Afghanistan. He had just recently come home and was hanging out in his small town in Georgia. He went out to have some drinks with his friends, and while he was there, he saw his sister at the restaurant that they were at. So he went over to say hi to his sister, and his sister was there with a couple friends, and um, there was another girl there and and a young man that he didn't know, so he proceeded to just politely introduce himself and talk to this young lady, and then was gonna talk to the young man, and while he was talking to this young lady, apparently this, this other man did not like that. He jumped up out of his chair, pulled out a knife, and proceeded to try to stab Justin. In the moment, uh, obviously a scuffle started, a, a fight ensued. Justin got stabbed. He continued in this argument, in this fight. Everybody in the restaurant was feeling the tensity of that. Somebody called the police right away. And Justin ended up wrestling this young man to the ground, taking the knife away and pinning him to the ground until the police came. The police showed up and they arrested Justin, put him in handcuffs, recognized that he was now bleeding all over in the police car. Justin told them that he had received a knife wound. They took him to the hospital, got him stitched up, and then took him to jail. A year later, Justin was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Now you're probably thinking like I am, wait a second, that can't be a true story. It's so unjust. It's not fair at all. How how could the person that was making the mistake go free and be innocent and the person that was defending himself be guilty? Well, that's much like what Jesus did for us. We were the guilty one. We were the one that had made the mistakes, and Jesus took all our penalty. Now the good part of the story is Justin got out. Two years later, his case was taken to the state appellate court, not in the little small town, and the judge at the state appellate level quickly named him not guilty, 
and apologized profusely to Justin that that had happened to him in his life. See, there's something inside of all of us that naturally says, Justin's story is not right. No, he shouldn't have had to suffer for someone else's mistakes. When we hear the fact that Jesus suffered for our mistakes, it may seem odd, because it's not right. It's not right for a perfect person to suffer for our mistakes. It's not just for a, a gentle person, a loving person, a kind person to suffer for our mistakes. So why would Jesus do that for you, for me? Grace and peace. Because he is gracious and because he wants to live in peace with us. The fact that Jesus would suffer for our mistakes should help us choose and desire and want to submit our life to him. That's what Peter's trying to tell us. The second reason that Peter would say we should submit our lives to Jesus is not only did Jesus suffer for us, but he endured death. He endured death and came back to life for us. This is verse 18. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. And then verse 21, it saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul said it like this in Colossians 1, 19 to 20. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. See, the cross and the resurrection, they're everything. They're everything for us as a believer. Everything in the Christian life begins and ends at the cross, at this point of Jesus' death. But it doesn't end there. It ends in victory as we are raised to life in Christ through the resurrection. See, our life full of sin and mistakes dies on the cross with Jesus and our new life of victory is raised with Jesus. Now Jesus endured that suffering. Jesus endured the suffering of death and came back to life so that we could live a life full of grace and peace. See, grace and peace are fully seen on the cross and in the resurrection. Grace and peace are so important. Grace ensures that our mistakes never hold us back. When we are forgiven by God's grace, we are free. We're free from everything that bound us up. All of our brokenness can be given to Jesus. All of our failure can be given to him. Everything that held us back from having a free and full and awesome life, we can give it to Jesus, all of it. We're free to live a righteous life that God desires and not to be a slave to our sin or to the world's philosophies. God's grace reminds us that there is no condemnation for those who live for him. And then peace. Peace ensures that we always have a close relationship with God. 
we are at peace with God. When we are at peace with someone, we can have a great relationship. We can have a close relationship. Our relationship can be fun and full of joy and full of everything that a healthy and awesome relationship can be full of. Peace does that. The peace of Christ helps you and I have an awesome relationship with God. And this is what God desired. This is what Jesus desired. So he suffered for us. So he went to the cross and rose again so that you and I could have peace with him. A close and intimate relationship that would never end. So Peter encourages us to submit to Jesus because of the amazing sacrifice he made to us on the cross and the resurrection. Now the last thing that Peter communicates, the last truth that Peter communicates in chapter 3 about this is that our full submission to Jesus allows us to be ambassadors of God's grace and peace. This is how grace and peace comes full circle. First, it's given to us by Jesus through the cross and the resurrection. But then it's not supposed to just stay inside of us. It's meant to now flow out of us. See, when we are submitted to Jesus, grace and peace will come into our life. But it's not meant to stay there. It's meant to flow out of us and touch the world around us. Grace and peace, along with several other great characteristics that we find in the New Testament, are meant to be the lifestyle of the followers of Jesus. The grace and peace of Jesus are inside us. So we don't have to let our mistakes hold us back from giving grace and peace to others. As people on the outside, and there's people all around us that we have influence with, they're on the outside, but they're looking in to our lives. They're looking into our marriages, our relationships, and this special group of people called the church. When they look inside, they should see an outpouring of grace and peace that we give to one another. And this grace and peace is reflected in the way we live life for Jesus. And Peter talks about the specifics of how this works itself out in many verses in chapter 3. Let me show you a couple. In verse 3, as Peter was talking about wives and husbands, and he's specifically talking to the wives here, he says, for lasting beauty comes from a gentle and peaceful spirit. This is in that context where Peter is talking about that the outside, what we look like on the outside, is, is not lasting beauty. That's temporary. But if we're going to live for Christ, we want to have real beauty and lasting beauty. And ladies, you can find that in a gentle and peaceful spirit. And then husbands, we're given a command as well. He said, husbands, you in turn must treat your wives with tenderness, viewing them as feminine partners who deserve to be honored, for they are co-heirs with you of the divine grace of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. What a powerful verse this is. I, this is almost a message all on its own, where husbands 
are meant to treat their wives in an entirely new way. In fact, husbands are meant to now elevate women to the status that God meant them to be. A co-heir with Christ. A co-heir in the divine grace of life. An equal partner. In the first century, women were nearly at the same status as a slave or a servant. They were almost considered property in many places. And here's the Bible, elevating women. That husbands, you are meant to elevate your wife and treat your wife in such a gracious and peaceful and tender and honoring way that they feel like a co-heir of the same exact blessing and grace of life that you have as a male. This is a, an awesome section where Peter is saying grace and peace in a marriage will make that relationship honor God and be awesome in the community. And people will look into that marriage relationship and see Jesus. Then there are other verses scattered throughout chapter three, like verse eight that says, live in harmony with one another and demonstrate affectionate love, sympathy, and kindness toward other believers. Let humility describe who you are as you dearly love one another. Here he's describing this relationship in the church, the relationships we have with other believers in the body of Christ. And these relationships are meant to have harmony, love, sympathy, kindness, humility, and he lists love again. These things are meant to be there so that when people look into the church, they see all of these things working in harmony together, like a perfect symphony, all sounding great and wonderful and marvelous together, all using gifts and talents and abilities for Jesus. And as, as the world looks into the church, they see grace and peace of Christ as we are submitted to him individually and corporately as a church. And then Peter talks about, well, what do you do when something difficult's happening in your life? He said in verse nine, never retaliate when someone treats you wrongly, nor insult those who insult you, but instead respond by speaking a blessing over them because a blessing is what God promised to give you. Whew, that's a tough verse. This is really powerful grace and peace. Peter is saying, don't try to get back at people. Don't, don't live with revenge in your heart. Do what Jesus did. When people treated him wrongly, he didn't retaliate. When people insulted him, he didn't insult them back. He spoke a blessing over them. When the men had nailed Christ to the cross, what was Jesus' response? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, give them the blessing of forgiveness. Wow, that's grace and peace. And in all of our relationships, in verse 11, Peter said, eagerly pursue peace in every relationship, making it your prize. I don't know if you ever thought that a prize in your life could be peace in every relationship. That's what we should strive for. As long as it depends on you, 
live at peace with all people. Now we know that there will be people that will not want to live at peace with us. We can't control that. But what we can control are our own actions of giving grace and peace to others. And then lastly, he said in verse 15 and 16, if anyone asks you about the hope living within you, always be ready to explain your faith with gentleness and respect. There are going to be moments where people are going to ask us, why do you live this way? Why do you submit your life to Jesus Christ? Why do you live with such grace and peace? And why is it in abundance in your life? And it's in that moment that with gentleness and with respect, we, be, we will be able to tell people about the hope of Jesus living inside of us and flowing out of us to the world. And there are just, these are just really some of the ways that Peter says the grace and peace of God become a powerful part of our life when we are submitting to Jesus. Well, let me end with, with a couple questions. I was thinking about where we're at right now. I mean, here I am talking to you in a camera lens on my back porch. While this is a pretty cool way to do it, and while this is a great uh, atmosphere and it's fun to just be outside on a great day, we're here because we're in quarantine and in isolation. And I'm wondering, during this time of quarantine and isolation, with only a few relationships that you're maybe connecting with, my first question would be this. Are you letting the grace and peace of Jesus encourage you personally. This is a personal thing. Think about yourself right now. And are you letting the grace and peace of Jesus encourage you every day during this challenging season? This is like a personal reflection. And am I letting Jesus be all that he could be in me? I hope you are. I know that many of us are just challenged with staying home and the isolation might be getting to us. Some of us are anxious and maybe depressed and just frustrated. Can I encourage you? Let the grace and peace of Jesus Christ touch you in a profound and deep way today and through the rest of the quarantine. And then second, are you showing grace and peace to those around you? The other challenge uh, during a quarantine can be, man, I'm only around this small group of people. Uh, and I'm wondering, are you showing grace and peace to those around you? Because it can be challenging to just be around these people all the time and be stuck in your home with them. And are you showing grace and peace to those around you? Wherever you're at, I hope that these two questions help you and understanding that as we submit our lives to Jesus, his grace and peace flow into our life in a very powerful way. And then you and I get to give that grace and peace away. As we close, uh, would you pray with me? And um, let's just close this time and just cement this idea, this concept, and this lifestyle deeply inside of us. Jesus, thank you so much that you suffered for us, that you went to the cross and you rose again, that we might have grace and peace in our lives. I pray that you would help us during this time to be people 
that are impacted by your grace and peace personally. That while we live in our homes during this quarantine and we're not out much, that you would help us to personally sense and know and feel the Holy Spirit giving us grace and peace through Christ. And I pray that you would help each of us to also be showing grace and peace to those around us. Lord, we give you thanks. We give you praise. We pray for your strength during this next week to live for you during this season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me today out on my porch on this great and beautiful sunny day. Always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So do Kate and I. Have a great day.